You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Austin left field deep, Bam going back, looking up, he will watch it fly! And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Goal for Yelich! Cody Bellinger hits one out. He's on! So he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, welcome to... Ace Cast Live, and Tony seems to be having some audio problems, but it's the uh, start of a big series this weekend for the A's against the Houston Astros who come to town scuffling a little bit after dropping the final two games to the Arizona Diamondbacks. But the A's look hot, or stay hot with a sweep over the Texas Rangers this past couple days at the Coliseum, and they're in first place at 9-4 and four to start the year. So it's a good start so far for the A's as they head into the series against Houston for the first time. This is Ace Cast Live. I'm Cody Elias. Today we have uh, Bip Roberts from NBC Sports California joining the program to talk about the A's and Astros. Martin Gallegos of MLB.com will be here at 4 o'clock. And Astros radio analyst Steve Sparks, former big leaguer, former A, will be here at 4.30 to talk about this big series tonight against the Athletics. So hopefully... We can get Townie going here. I'm going to try to reach out to him. As we continue today, the A's, 9-4. and four, They matched their best record through the first 13 games of the season. That ties with 1992-2010-13-14 over the last 30 years. This is the A's largest lead in the West since August 13th, 2014, when they also led by two and a half games. They last led by three and a half games on August 12th of 2014. And then the Astros kind of took off as the Front runners in the division for years to come after that with their rebuild and their tanking job the done right. Lastros. Oh, look who's here. Yes, the Lastros tanking the right way handled it. I don't, I don't understand. I didn't touch anything. Folks, we're dealing with millennial technology here. I didn't touch one thing. And so what happens is the minute that you touch something, it reverts to different settings. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at him talking and I'm like, I haven't heard the open. I haven't heard the, and as once said by Vince Lombardi, what the hell is going on around here? I saw your lips moving and I'm like, okay, well, nothing's coming out uh, when you move your lips. It's a, just a bunch of gibberish and I'm not going to finish the rest, but that's a great line from Eminem and forgot about Dre. But as we talk uh, Eminem and Dr. Dre, but it was, but I'm glad you're back and I know how excited you are for this series with Houston coming to town for the first time. No fans, of course, but first time in 2020 we'll see the A's and Astros match up because everyone wants to see this, this series because the Astros are supposed to be here the second series of the year if prior to COVID-19. Well, yeah, this is uh, 
This is going to decide the division. Now, first off, we, we have not been told what is happening with Ryan Christensen, bench coach for, bench coach for the Oakland Athletics. Um, Bob Melvin was supposed to meet with the media at 2.50 today. We've been monitoring Twitter. Obviously, we can't be on the Ring Central call. So we're, we're, we're waiting just like you to see what Bob is going to have to say and what the organization is going to have to say. So when that comes down, we will have that for you. Until then, we don't know. No one knows. I don't even know if Bob, because we've got to work on the show so we can't get on this Ring Central call. I don't even know if Bob did the call at 250. Do you, Cody? I've been trying to check Twitter, and I haven't really seen anything going on. Oh, wait, here's a quote from Janie McCauley of the AP. Ryan Christensen is fully supported by everybody in our clubhouse, and they know who he is. So do I. Obviously, it didn't look great, but that was not his intent at all. I know that for a fact. That's that's from Bob Melvin earlier uh, in his press conference. It was supposed to start at 2.50. You know, I saw last night Susan Slusser give opinion on it. And you know what Susan means to this fan base what she means to this show and as a personal friend. I know where she stands politically. I know where she stands in a lot of different things about people. And to watch her get attacked on Twitter last night by people who, so I went down the timeline and I'm starting to see people not from California I mean, this had this 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 just shows you where we are in the counter culture gotcha world that is put put amongst us the media, put amongst people who are public figures, people on Instagram and Facebook, and and I, I I've told you recently, I don't even want to be on Twitter anymore. I mean, I wish I, I wish I could just restart Twitter. And just follow certain entities where I could get news that I think is actual real news. And that'd be it. And giving opinions on anything like this, it it, it doesn't work anymore. Unless you're someone who's paid to give certain type of opinions and you're going to be backed by the, by a company. I I got nothing to say, you know, let, I mean, I, I, Cody and I are lower level employees. And we just have to wait and see what the A's, you know, Bob Melvin says he's backed by everybody in the clubhouse and we'll go from there. I don't know what the front office is going to do. I don't know what um, the president and his staff is going to do. We'll just wait and see and we'll give you an update when you can. But for people like me, it's a no-win situation. So I get paid to sit here and talk about baseball. And some people might, might say that's weak sauce, Townsend. Well, okay. But I also think it's weak sauce when people come after people's jobs and want to ruin people's lives and who have husbands and wives and kids and jobs and responsibilities. So there you go. I cannot believe it's finally here. And we will talk to the the former All-Star, the kid from Oakland, Bip Roberts, NBC, California at 3.30. Martin Gallegos, who covers his team for MLB.com at 4 o'clock. And Steve Sparks, former A, longtime knuckleballer, broadcaster for the Astros, just recovering from a heart attack. 
Oh, it's going to be so great to talk to Sparksy. He's been so good to us over the years. And when we heard it was like him and Mark Langston this offseason both had heart attacks. And it's scary. And they both survived. Thank God. So I can't wait to talk to him today. But this is what we waited for, right, as A's fans. The damn Astros. We were supposed to get this at the very beginning of the season. Everybody was lining up. A's fans were lining up. Then they were going to go to Anaheim. By the way, how are my levels, Cody? Am I high? Uh, No, you seem to be just fine. On my end, you seem fine. Uh, I don't have any issues here. Okay. Because you did during this turmoil have me turn it up, and I just want to make sure I'm not a little loud, because I'm a little loud anyway. So, the Astros were coming here. Then they were going to Anaheim. There were Dodger fans buying tickets for the Angels games, and everybody was going to start coming down on them hard. Now, you thought to yourself, is it really that big of a deal? Like, what's really going to happen? I was kind of maybe of that opinion until Richard Justice joined the program and talked about how he was down there. Where do they train in Florida? Uh, I want to say it's, uh, let me see, Astros. I it, It's on the tip of my tongue, too. Jupiter, Bradenton, they Fort sh- Myers. They share the complex with the Nationals, I believe. Uh, it is in uh, West Palm Beach. Ooh. It's a nice area of Florida, even though it's hard to even say the nice area of Florida. Um, no offense, Florida. What, so... Down there at West Palm Beach, Richard Justice said before the COVID break, before they told everybody to go home, he said their players looked wiped out. And that made me went, oh, these guys got such a break. Unfreaking believable. They were tired of just their own media and the national media coming down on them. They were getting heckled by small spring training crowds, and they were done. They weren't built for 162 games. They weren't ready for that fight. You know why? Because the modern-day athlete is not ready for that fight. The modern-day athlete is not a Oakland Raider or Pittsburgh Steeler of the 70s or a Boston Celtic of the 60s. You think of the great teams that were hated, and everybody hated them, and they thrived off the hate. They wanted it. You think think the Showtime Lakers were loved when they left Los Angeles or the Larry Bird Celtics? Or the Michael Jordan. You know what's so funny about Michael Jordan and the Bulls that that people, that if you didn't live through that era, uh, do you think everybody in the Eastern Conference liked them? New York hated them. Boston hated them. You see, like Mike, sometimes I dream that he is me. 
right? In the Gatorade commercial, oh, everybody wants to be like Mike. No, in the Northeast, they hated him. Remember the Northeast, Chicago's a Midwest town. Now oh, that's the Midwest. Those Eastern Conference teams hated Jordan and the Bulls. And you know what? He thrived on it. This athlete today? These kids in their 20s? You think they thrive on that? There may be some. I mean, we might be able to find somebody. I know Steph Curry. He thrives on it. He's learned to deal with the hate. But I got to tell you, a lot of these baseball guys, they're not. Because everybody kisses their behind 24-7. They weren't ready for this. They're not built for this. They're, they're built for everybody saying yes. You walk into the clubhouse, hey, I need a tea time here. Hey, I need a, a reservation here. Hey, can you get me tickets for this? Hey, I, my, you know, my girlfriend wants to go to this concert. And there's always someone there inside the organization saying yes. Call your agent. I need this. Yes. These guys have become multi-multi-millionaires, and everybody around them says yes. So do you think they were ready to go from stadium to stadium to stadium to be screamed at? Forget the booze. The personal calls on them were going to be at every stadium. Can you imagine what it was going to be like for the Astros to go to Yankee Stadium? To go to Fenway Park, even though they're cheaters too. And probably the Yankees too, even though there's documentation that's still sealed to this day, supposedly. But can you imagine? Every ballpark they went to, they were going to get hammered, starting with Oakland. They escaped that. There's no question. They escaped it. If there's anyone who benefited from COVID-19, and I hate to even say that because I don't think anyone's benefited. It's sad. It's horrible. So many people have lost their lives around the world. You're starting to see these, these numbers now out of South America. Oh, my God. It's but from a baseball standpoint, you know, because I had the Yankees. They were all banged up. They had a bunch of guys hurt at the start of the season. They're now not hurt. Okay. But I think there is no question that the Astros, with just having cardboard cutouts in the stands, and because, you know, every single time you would have come on deck, cheater, cheater, cheat, and every single time you're at the plate, cheater, cheater, and every single time you come back to the dugout, cheater, cheater, that weighs on you. Everybody in the world looks at you as a fraud. Can you imagine walking around like that? That'd be a terrible thing to have to live through. And knowing that people know that you were never doing, you cheated your way to get to where you were. And I've been on record for saying that I was completely a fan of how Jeffrey Luno built up the Astros and the way they. Oh, oh no, you were a fanboy of Jeffrey Luno. He, he tanked, they won, but then I didn't know that they were, you know, uh, cheating to <laughs> to do it. Abusing but, employees. Yeah, I didn't know that those were the things that were happening, but they uh, they won by tanking, getting the best draft picks possible, and building an elite farm system and team on the field, and under a great under a guy that people really liked, in AJ Hinch. But you, and then all this stuff come out came out, and you lost respect for pretty much all of them. 
And the Cubs were a team that also tanked, but they didn't cheat. They did it the right way, too. They just systematically stunk for so many years, and they won a championship for the first time since, like, 1907, where the Astros, they were just in the World Series in 2005, and they didn't win. They lost to Jeff Blum and the White Sox, but they did it, and you found out they were cheating and banging on trash cans and stealing signs and everything else known to man they were doing to try to win. And we don't know if it, it continued after 2017. You think it did because look how good some of those guys were. But Of course it did. Just the fact that the fact that the we that we would even sit back and entertain that these guys would cheat and it would get them to a World Series and that they go, you know what, guys, that's great. We did it all in 2017. Let's go on the straight and narrow. Come on. We got buzzers, zappers, we got we we we've got a little second baseman who's hey, hey my wife doesn't want to have my shirt taken up. I have never seen a guy hit a walk-off home run, leave, go back into the clubhouse, change, and come out and cut, talk to television. Usually you stay right there and talk to television. To where Ken Rosenthal just naturally went, why did you go change? And he did not want his jersey ripped off, and he kept patting his chest. Hey, guys, remember, I got something here. I mean, the whole thing, come on. They wanted to make, that is baseball, wanted to make an example of the Houston Astros. And it's, let's leave it at that. And we're going we're gonna to act like we throw the book at them. But it's really not the book. Because remember, in the end, the commissioner, he works for the owners. So if you have multiple teams doing it, which, by the way, you want a hot take? I've said this before. You ready? I'm waiting. Jim Jim Crane played at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am this past February. He did an interview with a local sports radio station and owned it and all that kind of stuff. And then after, he said to them, Listen, there's, there, there's, there's other people in baseball doing this. Which then a little bit later, I came walking into the media tent saying hello, which I was then told that by credible, credible people who would not lie. So, Jim Crane, but you, you know this whole thing was worked out, right? The whole, the whole thing, remember when Jim Crane showed up in less than an hour in a suit and tie? At, at, at the stadium to fire the manager and general manager. You don't think he knew you don't think baseball tried to act like, all right, here's the deal. Uh, our findings are in our decisions have been made and we'll announce it at, let's just call it 11 AM. And so penalty comes out next, you know, Jim Crane standing up in front of a podium with a suit and tie on. I accept the commissioner, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because you you worked it out with him. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to be in a suit and tie in less than a half hour and be ready to go. You knew what was going on. You you probably agreed to the fine, $5 million, because that's the most that can be levied against a team. 
You don't think he worked out with the commissioner that I'll get rid of Luno and I'll get rid of Hinch? You trying to tell me that was all in the spur? I would actually like to know the actual timeline from when the commissioner's office dropped this to, to drop the fines on the team to when Hinch Lunau fired and then him in a suit in a podium. It was under an hour. That's a lot like legal contracts, all this kind of stuff. That 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 was a that was a lot to go down in less than an hour. That's what leads me to negotiations between the commissioner and Houston and really around baseball. You really think you're going to go after the New York Yankees? And Brian Cashman, the second longest tenured executive behind Billy Bean, you really think you're going to go after him? The Red Sox were repeat offenders. We They really got nothing. Really, what did they do? Dodgers were rumored. Brewers were rumored. There's all kinds of teams rumored. What did they do? They squashed it at the Astros. $5 million fine. Find your coach. Find your GM. We'll take some draft picks away from you, and then it's all over. We'll wrap it up in a bow. It's done. And, and by the way, everybody, don't ever do it again. Why do you have this bewildered look, Cody? Oh, no, I'm, I'm setting something up on the computer, so um, I'm just listening to you go. Does everything I, I say make sense? Yeah, completely. I, I don't think this was just a real quick. I think this was a well-orchestrated. We're, we're going to uncover just a little bit of it, and we'll blame it all on the Astros, and we'll allow you to keep your World Series title. We'll allow you to keep your rings. Players won't get suspended. Players tell us what you know. You got immunity. I mean, the whole thing reeks. It just reeks of bad fish. You know that smell of bad? Oh, it just reeks. No one wants to bring down their own sport. So in, in, in kind of a smart way, it's good business. We as fans, we sit here and go, wait a minute, 97 games, two straight years up in a wild card game. Don't the A's deserve better than that? Well, the business of baseball is more important than the A's. The business of baseball is more important than teams in the AL West. The business of baseball is more important than the NL East. They're not going to bring down the Yankees. Are you kidding me? That's the biggest team in the sport. The Red Sox, they're going to bring them down. They've, they've now been investigated twice. Twice. What was this latest punishment? I don't even remember it was so weak. Who was that again? The Red Sox. Oh, what was that? What the, the, they, this, this past one? I thought they got. Then they just lose. Uh, when they weren't they fine? Let me see. Red because it was it was so bad. Uh, the, the punishment was so bad. Um, that I couldn't remember. And I saw something yesterday that they were saying that potentially. Uh, I I forget who had. It. I think it might have been MLB Network was saying how could AJ or could uh, Alex Cora be oh, the manager boy. again next year. So, tell you. yeah, they. Uh, I'm still trying to find the. Well, I, I've said this, and I'll stand by it. The Astros, they're bank robbers. 
And the only two guys that had to go to jail were A.J. Hinch and Jeffrey Luno. Everybody else with the Astros. Now, Cora went down. He was gone. Beltran went down. He was gone. All the players, they got to keep every single dime. They got to keep the World Series rings. They got to keep everything. They robbed the bank, told on four guys, and then kept everything. And now we see him tonight. I so bad want to be in the Coliseum and, and like, hide behind my, get, like, a megaphone and hide behind my cutout and just scream at them all game. They're essentially the Patriots. Patriots are a great example. They've been caught multiple times. They recently just caught filming the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cincinnati Bengals are horrible. I mean, it's like, what are you doing? But they're never get they're never truly gonna like come down on Robert Kraft. Patriots have been so scandal. It's 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 they cheated to win the Super Bowl against the Rams. Tom Brady in the footballs, Robert Kraft in the massage parlors, filming people, they've been caught what three times filming illegally filming i mean the sport these sports are never going to bring themselves down it's just they're, they're not going to do it by the way we do have baseball tonight and one of the one of one of the main positives of tonight everybody's playing all 30 clubs are in action well no no cardinals cubs Wait, was it a player that tested positive? I just know someone tested positive. It just came out that apparently one Cardinals player tested positive, so the entire weekend series has been postponed. Remember when everybody freaked out about the Marlins? Uh, Remember remember when everyone – yeah, you're right, and they're 6-1. and Remember when everybody freaked out about the Marlins? How is baseball doing this? And baseball is so irresponsible, and baseball shouldn't be playing, and baseball – yeah, they're 6-1. and That's something I will never forget. Another reason why I, I hate Twitter and don't want to be it on anymore. Everybody's take because Marlon tested positive. Oh, my God, shut it down. Yeah, the day before they scored 11 runs and beat the Phillies 11-6. to six. And by the way, all those players that have tested positive, you know, Freddie Freeman, Soto, Glasnow, Jesus Lazardo. They, they've all come back. So all those Marlins players, they'll come back. And they'll come back and play. So in, until there's this crazy outbreak that shuts down the league, I, 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 I'm not sure what people really wanted at that point. When you hit send or you hit tweet, what those people really wanted. Were they just people who didn't want a baseball season? I think baseball's done a very good job from the standpoint of being fluid and understanding changes and making changes. And, you know, basically 28 teams have done it really, really well. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to the former all-star Bip Roberts right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Our guy, J.P. Morosi from Fox Sports and MLB Network said, News, MLB announces a positive test rate of 0.1%. 
of COVID-19 tests during last week with over 13,000 samples collected. 0.1%. And, you know, knock on wood, and this is great news, death rate of zero. And now they're doing a lot of different things. You're going to have to wear a mask on the plane, a surgical mask on the plane full time. Can't be eating next to the guy. Same. I mean, so they're just they're adjusting as they go. And as a former player and an all star. And I know someone who's looking at this. Bip Roberts. Bip, I got to think the one thing that that baseball understands that this thing has to constantly be. Uh, moving and that you have to be making different decisions. You just can't say these are the rules. You have to be willing to constantly change to make things better. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Tony. And yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, each guy has to hold himself accountable to look out for himself as well as look out for his brother, because it's important that what you do off the field doesn't affect what your brother is doing. Because if you're out some, somewhere doing things that you shouldn't be and then you bring it back to the team, you're going to infect the entire team. So I think every guy is now starting to understand that it's okay to go from the field home and to lock yourself in your home and then come back the next day. So I applaud Major League Baseball for as we move forward, the adjustments that are made to keep guys safe. And, and I believe that each guy now understands that he is very important to what happens to the team. And so each guy, I believe, when they go home now, they're going to isolate themselves from the world and they're going to make sure that they're healthy and ready to go back to the park the next day. Yeah, Bip, I'm not asking for two years. I'm not asking for five years. I'm asking for basically two and a half months. The 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 summer camp, whatever the heck you want to call it, and then two months of baseball. That's not really asking that much. It it really isn't. I mean, think about it, Tom spring training it's almost two months i mean you're away from home for almost two months basically you can't go home come back to the park in arizona and so you can do the same thing but be in the comforts of home which i think is outstanding and it also keeps you away from anything negative that could happen to you while you're out and you're only thinking about baseball so if you're only thinking about baseball it should make you a better player because the only thing you think about is getting home eating and then getting back to the ballpark the next day so I think it's outstanding that if each guy follows the rules and the protocols, I think the guys will have a better year. I think they'll have a better year based on knowing that they put everything they could into baseball for two and a half months. That's not a long time at all. It's a sprint, but it's also enough time to have a great season. And I think if you put the time in, you will come out with a great season. Now there's two types of seasons, Bip. There's the guy that gets out to a hot start and he's loving it. He's like, woohoo, I love this 60 game season. <laughs> and then there's the guy that looks up and he's batting, he's not even batting his weight. And then now you're like, okay, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Some guys, you know, they get 500 at bats a season. The first hundred, they try to tinker with things to figure things out. And then after that 100 at bats, they look back and see what they've done. And then they try to work on some things to get better. This year, you may get, what, 240 at-bats, 250 at-bats. It depends on how many at-bats you get a game, four or five. That's not many at-bats, 150 to work on some things after 100. So I think the guys right now who have the real short swing, like when you look at Lariano, he's got a nice short compact swing. He's consistent right now. The other guys have longer swings, and because of that, 
they have so many things they have to work on. Guys are still trying to find it. When you look at Marcus Simeon right now, he's, he's, he's kind of pulling off the baseball. He's not able to use the entire field because he's still not comfortable at the plate. And Lariano's taking a lot of pressure off of him right now because he's a pretty good table setter to get on base. But the bottom line is most of the guys with the big swings are the guys that are struggling right now. The guys with the little swing. And even when you look at a guy, you know, in, 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 in New York, the big boys over there, they have nice short swings and they're driving the ball out the yard. So it's a matter of finding the adjustments early and getting a short swing so that you can have consistent contact so then you can get yourself back on track. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Long, you know, a, a quick swing, you're so quick to the ball, hand sides, hands inside the ball, and it doesn't matter what size you are because – you know, going back to your era, whether it was Tony Gwynn or Barry Bonds, Bonds was a lot bigger than Tony Gwynn, but both had that just short, quick stroke. I, I didn't even think about that with guys that have a little bit of a longer stroke. They need to get more of their timing going. Yeah, because when you're looking at what Chris Davis was going through, he had a big swing. When Olsen was struggling early, he had a big swing, but now Olsen's swing has gotten short. He's short to the baseball now, and he's making solid contact. He's getting extension through it, and because he's a big boy, he drives it out the yard. KD is doing the same thing right now. He tinkered with his hands, pushed them back a little further so that they didn't start forward and then go back with and then have a long swing coming through. So he pushed his hands back, and now going, he's going straight to the baseball, and he's starting to hit the ball hard. Every guy has a feel that they have to get to that's going to make them successful. And I think, Tony, because they've had to stop the, they had the, the spring training and then they had to stop and then they had the summer camp mentally you can lose what you do well and you go up there and you feel okay but it's not what you do and then it becomes muscle memory and it's a habit that you have to break and so I think now guys are starting to have enough at bats that they understand that they have some habits that they have to break and I think this is a good time now for the A's because each guy is now starting to understand this is what I do I'm going to do this well, and then the other guy will pick me up. So I think it's a good time to be at Oakland A as they, the rust is coming off a lot of players and it's starting to get the positive results. Let's talk a little bullpen because this bullpen has been absolutely incredible. Their last 25 and two-thirds innings, they've only given up two earned runs. That's a 0.70 ERA. And overall, they're 6-0. and with a 1.80 ERA, that's fifth best in the American League. I mean, Bip, it just seems like no matter what, if a starter can get you get you six or he only gets you three, these guys coming out of the pen for Bob Melvin are, are going to do nothing but get you outs. They have been tremendous. I was able to cover the last three games, and I was just impressed with what I saw. These guys come in with tenacity. They come in with good stuff, and they're able to go out there and pitch their game. I don't think they're worried about who's hitting. I think they're just looking at the glove. <laughs> and they're not worried who steps into that box. The stuff that they're bringing from the left side and from the right side, at times they throw pitches that are unhittable. And, and it's amazing how one pitch sets up the other pitch. And then when you get through the middle of the bullpen and you get to the end of it, you've got guys at the end who are experienced. And understand that if they can get in, if they get into any trouble like Pettit did yesterday, Petit yesterday got into little trouble, but he was so experienced in understanding the hitters, he was able to change speeds on guys and have them pop up or not drive in those runs with less than two outs. I thought that was what was very critical about yesterday. 
was the experience that they had at the end of the bullpen. And then, high, uh, then Hendricks comes in and he does his thing. Even though a guy gets on, he has the experience knowing, hey, you know what? I know what this guy can do. I'm going to pitch to my strength and I'm going to get him out. So it makes a big difference when your, your bullpen has good stuff, but they also have the IQ to understand what the opposition is trying to do. Dallas Braden had a stat yesterday. I had to write this down. I could not believe it. And I think it was dating back to midsummer last year that on Liam Hendricks breaking ball, and we talked to Liam on this program about it, that his breaking ball, it's kind of like a, just like a drop or, or a split finger. It doesn't have your normal kind of slider dot movement to it. Uh, right to left, I should say, to make it understand people understand at home. Uh, hitters were 0 for 48 against his breaking ball dating back to last year until yesterday when someone finally got a hit off of it. That's crazy, right? It is. It is. It tells you that some type of way they're not seeing that spin like you just said. Most sliders have a red dot coming that's spinning, and you can tell that's a slider. But when you change the scene and you're able to throw a slider that doesn't have that red dot, and as hard as he throws, one pitch looks like the other. But then all of a sudden it has a little it, – it drops in, in velocity. And you're going, well, what was that? You know, <laughs> that, that's not a normal-looking slider right there. And so now you go back to the bench scratching your head. But then when you face him again, he throws so hard, you have to get ready early that you'll chase that pitch. The one that, that, was, that the hitter had – he got hit off of yesterday was a pitch that was kind of – it didn't have the sharp breakdown like it normally does. It hung up in the zone, and they got a base hit off of it. But he came back, and he was able to, to locate his fastball and then come back with some sliders that had better break to it. So sometimes you may catch one, but as you see, <laughs> it takes a lot of at-bats for him to make a mistake with one. And again, when the slider doesn't have the normal slider spin, that dot that you see, that red dot, then you, you sit at the plate and go, what was that? But it looks like a fastball but it's not a fastball. So he does very well with hiding what that pitch is. You know, these guys truly understand, Bip, because every player we've talked about, we've asked this, that they understand that it's just 60 games. And each mm-hmm. game you play, there's a little more magnitude in it. And after that game, you're that much closer to the finish line. Boy, as a player, yeah. this must be so weird playing in a season like this because – the A's have won six in a row. You win seven in a row. You know, this is, in a regular season, this more win like 18 in a row. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of heavy stuff when you think about what every game truly means. Yeah, I think some guys were equating each win to three wins. So, you know, like you said, if they win seven, that's like winning 21 games already. And I think that that's very impressive. I think what's happening right now is that the A's, who are normally off to get off, they get off to slow starts have figured out a way to win, even though they're not playing as great as they could together as a team yet. And it's based on what you said earlier, the bullpen has been outstanding. They've just shut teams down, allowed the A's to get back in game and find a way to win. And I think right now pitching and defense has really been the key. And when you can get these guys on the same page on the offensive side, this is going to be an outstanding team. We'll find out tonight. They're playing Houston. Grinky's on the mound, great pitcher. The A's going to have to make him work like they have done. They've, been, they've actually been dominated in a lot of balls early, but they've made the pitcher work so hard that he gets tired, and they find a way to come back, tie the game, bullpen gets in, shuts the opposition down, and they find a way to score at the end of the ball game and win. And so I, I believe that's the same thing they're going to do with Houston tonight. They're going to wear Grinky down, hopefully, 
and uh, keep the game close. And in the end, the bullpen will step up, and hopefully they'll get a big hit at the end. It's just been amazing to watch a team that's notorious for slow starts find ways to win, even though they're not playing well. And, and I think that's the key. They're not playing well, but when they start playing well, you know the A's are consistent for more than just two months. They can get consistent for three months, but we only have two and a half months this year. What did it say to you that Grinky was supposed to go yesterday, but he didn't? They essentially held him for today to pitch game one against the A's. <laughs> it tells me that they're aware of how good the A's are, and they don't want to fall too far behind the Oakland A's, even though, you know, things can happen. You can go on a 10-game losing streak. But I think Dusty wanted to set it up where he has his best going game one, and then the guys behind him, they're not that bad now. Dusty's developing some young guys over there who can really throw the ball. So if they can get that first one with Grinky, I think he's feeling like if he can come out here with two out of three, then they've done their job, and they've closed the gap a little bit. So I, I know what his plan is, and that's to go with your best. And he set him back. He set him back for this series. And, you know, I don't think they're afraid of the Oakland A's, but I think they know that the Oakland A's have competed with them the last couple of years and the A's are not afraid of them. So it's going to be a very good series. And I think, you know, with everything that's happened with Houston and having fires on the team here, I think, you know, there may be some glares back and forth. I don't know if anything's going to be said or if there's going to be any beanballing going on. But I think it's going to be a competitive series. And in this situation, I just hope the A's come out ahead. Don't you have to chirp a little bit if you're the A's and you get ahead? Don't you have to? Just, <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, seriously. These guys, these guys have been stealing from other teams for years. Why would you I not? Know. I would be like, what do you get? What, what, what are the Astro guys? You're going to fire back? You cheaters. Right. I, how do you not chirp at them? I know Joe Kelly with the Dodgers was letting them know, man, we, we haven't forgotten about this. Joe Kelly was like brutal with it. He was throwing at the dome, man. He was trying to hit him in the helmet. He didn't care. But I just know if this was our day and we had Goose Gossage on our team, there'd be a lot of, man, come on, man. There'd be a lot of guys with sore ribs on that Astro team because he did not play. He would police the game himself. But I'm with you. You know, if you can win this series, you don't want to chirp too much because it may come back on you. You want to be humble in your victories and understand that, hey, you know what? We're competing and we can dominate this team as long as we play our game. But you, you don't want to give them any added uh, incentive to come back after you. You just want to beat them, keep it humble, and let them know, you know, we got your number this year. Well, let me tell you, in the final two games uh, against the D-backs, their closer is going to have Tommy John. They got a bunch of rookies. To me, it is about getting to their getting through the likes of Grinky and get into that bullpen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They need to make Grinky throw a lot of pitches tonight. And think about this. A lot of these pitchers right now, they're okay the first one and a half times through the lineup, maybe two. But after that, they, their legs start to get tired and the ball starts to come up in the zone. The other night, Lance Lynn was throwing a great ball game. and He was, he was painting in the zone north, south, east, and west. And against Chapman, he didn't get too far north but he caught the barrel that bat and he drove it out the yard and that changed the game around. So, you know, yeah, you could be okay. You could be sharp early, but later on when you get a little tired and you start making mistakes, you know what the old saying is big league hitters will make you pay when you start making mistakes. Well, you know what? These 10 games, I got to think for the most part, you know, the A's have already handled their business in division, right? They've already, you know, we're talking about angels, 
we're talking about Mariners, we're talking about Rangers, and then, you know, I'm sure Houston's going to do the same thing. When you say these ten games are going to be the games that de- de- that determine who wins the division, yeah, you think about that ten, and then you got fifty left, less than fifty. I mean, if you can get that far ahead in your division and beat these guys, it's almost like putting three games between you and the and, and the next guy. So yes, these are very important that you win within the division. When you get outside the division, yeah, you may get out there and split a few games, but you always know that you dominate your division, and that's where it counts because you're going to play these guys more than you play anyone outside the division. And if you already have that confidence knowing that no matter what, we've been through their bullpens, we faced their best starters, and we've beaten them, and we shut their offenses down. So the confidence will be so high that every time you play within the division, that team you're playing against knows that, you know what, if we don't play our A game for nine innings, this team will come back and either walk off on us or they'll just beat us flat out. So, uh, Bib, where you're in your house when you're doing the broadcast, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm at home here, and that's uh, kind of weird, man. There's, <laughs> there's no traffic. There's no traffic from the the living room to the bedroom after the game, and you know I, I could actually cook my dinner while the game is going on, and <laughs> I kind of I kind of like it. <laughs> Hey, 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 Vip, now you know what I've been doing for almost 20 years at my home studio. You, oh, get used to this, you get used to this real quick. Oh, man. I have. I mean, you know, when they set it up, you got to go through all this, this 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 little computer thing to get everything set up to get online. And then once you're online, it's just it's home free, man. And I really enjoy it. I, I, you know, I love the studio, but I don't like to drive over there and get sit in traffic and have to pay toll and then go out and pay for a meal here and there. I like being at home where everything is right in front of me, the comforts of home. And, and as I said, after the game, I don't have to drive from San Francisco to San Ramon. I just, you know, turn the computer off and walk right back to the bad room and just hang out. And, and Oh, man, you, you can't get no better than that. Well, when is we'll end on this. When is the last time you had a suit on? <laughs> well, you know, I do real estate, so I, I do wear them from time to time when I'm, you know, okay, going to meet non, clients. Non, so. non, Non-real estate, when was the last time you had one on? Last year. I'm not even looking at a suit when I'm ready to do television. I'm looking for the nicest little shirt that I can put on. That's about it. Oh, no, I think, no more suits. I think the last time I wore a suit was uh, going to Denver with the Raiders, the final game of the season. That's the last <laughs> time. I have not – I don't even think I've been to a – I don't think I've been to the dry cleaner in 2020. <laughs> right. What's that? The dry cleaner? <laughs> you know? What's that? No. Oh, no, no, man. No, this is convenient. I know it's costing a lot of people based on us having to work this way, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, when you look at what happened with our company, we, we let a lot of people go yesterday and I'm pretty sad about that. So where it's convenient for me, it, it's hurt others. And you know me, I, I like to take care of people. So if I had to drive to the studio to, for people to keep their jobs, I wouldn't mind doing that. But, um, you know, it's, it's just a bad time for a lot of people. It's convenient for us, as I said, but for some others, man, it, it's just been the end of the road for them. And, uh, and um, I'm just sorry to see a lot of people go. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hey, it's great hearing your voice. It's great seeing you on TV. I miss you. Be well, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. I miss you too, man. You take care of yourself. Be safe and healthy.
the great Bip Roberts. I say it every time. That's my guy. You know, I grew up watching Bip with the Padres. And Bip, you know, that switch hitter, little guy, played super hard, sneaky pop, great speed. But he played hard. And then, you know, you're always scared to meet guys, you, you know, you, you idolize and you really like because what if they're a jerk? Because that happens. And then all of a sudden, it, it, it's such a turnoff where you're like, oh, man, you know, I watched you as a kid. And they're like, get away from me. Like, I can't imagine how tough it would have been for a kid growing up in Oakland who idolized Reggie Jackson. Reggie can be incredible. And then he can be very cruel. Well, that was a cool thing about finally getting to meet Bip Roberts, which I've now I've now known Bip. I mean, Bip, Bip and I have done a lot of television together. We've done a lot of radio together. Um, but when I got to meet Bip Roberts, I was like, oh, I'm so happy he's a good guy. <laughs> it's a, it would have been crushing. It would have been crushing. You know, because back then, we didn't have sureties. We didn't have everything you guys have now. We didn't have bobbleheads. They didn't have, I mean, we had firework night. Everybody had like a beach towel day. They'd have the bat day. They'd have the uh, the old plastic helmets, but they didn't have the giveaways every single homestand like you guys have now. You're spoiled. They're figuring out every single way to have a giveaway now. Sponsored by Chevron. I would love a Bip Robert Scherzi when I was a kid. Are you kidding me, Cody? Bip was a stud. Well, you mentioned uh, you mentioned all this about uh, giveaways and all that stuff, and uh, we'd be remiss if we don't wish a happy 29th birthday to Michael Trout, who, uh, since returning from uh, paternity leave, all he's done is hit three home runs in, well, essentially three games, uh, but he's Mr. Giveaway for the Angels. Every giveaway is Mike Trout Beach, beach Towel Giveaway, Mike Trout Bobblehead, Mike Trout uh, – what is Umbrella giveaway. Yeah, bar. Yeah, I was trying to think of a, a cool b- another bobblehead, like Mike Trout, uh, three-headed bobblehead. I would, and I don't know. There is I, literally, I think there is no way to track this down. What player in the history of baseball has had the most promotions done around him? When it's all said and done. There's no way anyone will even sniff Trout. It was what 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 was it? Two years ago we broke that down, and it was like it's like pool holes doesn't even exist anymore. And and then, you know also this was like in the contract going into the potential contract negotiations. Literally, they had like twenty Trout different giveaways. There was a Trout cooler, barbecue set, beach towel. Hat, you know, the trout coming out of the hat. I mean, they had they had, they had like 20 different giveaways that were just around. And that you wonder why you, you wonder why you pay a guy four hundred and thirty five million dollars. Is trout worth four hundred and thirty five million dollars to somebody else? No. No players worth that. But to the Angels, he is. He's the franchise player. He's the guy. When Artie Moreno builds a new stadium, 
I don't know when that will be, where it will be. You know what they could do? They could play at Dodger Stadium and tear down the Big A and build right there because they own that land now. And that's the same land I, is the where the Ducks played called the Honda Center still? Yeah, the, the Duck Pond, the Honda Center. So they own that now too, right? Doesn't already own that? I remember he bought a bunch of the land. That sounds about right. I, I, I Excuse me for not knowing my uh, L.A. Uh, real estate and ge- geography. Well, that's Orange <laughs> County, not Los Angeles. That drives me nuts. That's not L.A. Well, Anaheim, actually, if you want to be. <laughs> but well, yeah, it's a city of Anaheim, but it's Orange County. Yeah, I just – I don't – that sounds right because I know they bought all that land because they want to build a new stadium. And, I mean, it's going to be hard to build a stadium when you have uh, all that money invested in Trout and Pulhos and Josh Hamilton and C.J. Wilson and uh, Rendon. Rendon and Shohei Otani eventually, who had a home run the first game back after being diagnosed with the arm issue. I think he's going to be okay as a hitter. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Martin Gallegos from MLB.com is going to join us next. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Back in time, Commander. I was a little worried at first. Nothing weren't going to be back, but really, that you're 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 going to be talking and nothing is going to coming out. This is going to be your lips moving on my screen, but we're good. Well, yeah, it it it, it, it did switch on me. I need to be in default for speakers and microphone, and it can switch on me on a dime. So I'll be talking, and then Cody looks at me and goes, nothing, nothing. (laughs) This is not the millennial technology that I signed up for. I thought thought you millennials uh, did better with technology than this. Uh, I don't know what's going on. It's it's been like an issue like the last week, I guess. I don't know. Time for a new computer apparently uh, there, maybe. I don't think it's – you know, I'm not sure it's the computer. Martin Gallegos from MLB.com. You're like one of the kings of Ring Central and the uh, post-game interviews that we play here on the A's Clubhouse Show. I got to tell you, I've actually been enjoying it from a standpoint, you know, normally when you guys are there in the clubhouse, we normally don't hear your guys' questions to the players when we get the answers. I like now how we're getting your questions and the answers, so we kind of know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, I've uh, I've actually gotten some uh, some texts from friends and family saying, "Hey, I saw you or heard you on TV." So, I mean, that, that aspect of it is pretty cool. I guess we're kind of like many celebrities now, but um, it's cool. That it brings a little bit different perspective to to fans watching the game for sure. So, what went down today with Ryan Christensen? Bob Melvin talked to the media. Where does it all stand? Um, I think certainly every player and coach in that clubhouse has Ryan Christensen's back. You know, um, obviously people were going to have their opinions regardless on what happened um, yesterday, and, and, and that's fine. You know, everyone's entitled to their opinion to feel how they feel. Um, it was certainly an offensive gesture, but um, just knowing Ryan and, and knowing him for, for years and, and everyone else who's known him for years, um, it's, it doesn't really – the, the math doesn't really add up on this one. It doesn't seem like Ryan is a, is a bad guy. I don't think he meant anything in a malicious way. It was, it was a mistake. And, uh, you know, he came out and apologized for it, and it seemed pretty sincere. And I think, you know, you guys want to move on from this thing, but obviously it was something that needed to be addressed, and they addressed it. And um, I don't think Ryan is is, uh, is a racist or anything like that. I mean, um, it would certainly be a shock to me if 
if he was based on my interaction with him. So, um, you know, it was a mistake. And, and, you know, if they, if they decide to punish him, you know, I, I don't know, you know, how severe that punishment should be. I don't, I don't think it was something that merits a firing because I, I think it was an accident, but um, there's only something offensive and, and could find a punishment. I don't, I don't think that's the route they're going, but I, I could see that happening at some point possibly, but um, it was an honest mistake in my opinion, um, an accident. And I know he's sorry about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these situations are so tough, especially during these times where, you know, we're living in a world where it's counterculture. It's everybody's attacking everybody on social media. Uh, you know, I saw Susan get attacked last night uh, on Twitter. It's just when you get into these things, you start bringing people, you know, A's fans are going to have their opinion. But now you start bringing in the outside world, people who know nothing about the A's, people who know nothing about us. And it's just it just gets ugly and it gets ugly fast. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to um to really uh you know be the arbitrator on this to decide what's right and what's wrong. Um I think basically all I can go on is from my perspective, my interactions from Ryan and what I know about him. And you know, I think he's he's a good guy, but um, you know, at the same time what he did was offensive and people are gonna be offended by it and they have that right. So like you said, it's it's tough to really um, you know, decide, you know, what what to do here. I mean, it's 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 really, really hard situation, you know. Yeah, and this is a guy that, let's face it, a lot of people saw as a future manager in Major League Baseball. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, uh, you know, was a was a Triple A, I think, manager of the year for for the A's, and um, you know, the, the the players in there love him. I mean, that's what's why you know they all have their have his back in this thing. I mean, he's uh, he's been a really good uh, secondhand man to Bob Melvin the last couple of years, so. Um, he certainly is a uh, is a highly thought of figure in that clubhouse, and now you know this obviously is a you know it's a it's a tough it's a tough blow for him, and um, you know uh, hopefully you know he he can uh, kind of use this as a learning experience, as as Mark Canna kind of put it earlier. If, if there's anything that can come out of it, at least you know um, it 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 could be a, a something that turns into a positive step in the right direction, and you know this whole societal issue is that you know Ryan can learn from this and and kind of move on. Yeah, and let's face it, I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about Bob, uh, but let's face it, Billy Bean and David Forrest love him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's up and down the organization. I mean, I I honestly, I can honestly tell you right right now that I've, before this incident, I'd never heard or seen anything uh, regarding Ryan that would, you know, cause me to question his character or what kind of person he is. I've always you know, thought he was a great dude. He, that's one of the things I miss about uh, being in the clubhouse every day is um, before he'd go into the locker to, uh, you know, talk to the players about, you know, their assignments for that day, he'd walk through that little hallway that we stand in and uh, he'd greet everybody with a smile, you know, how you doing? Good morning, good afternoon, have a conversation with you. So, I mean, it's, uh, if we're talking about what I feel about his, his character, I think he's, he's a good dude. Um, so um, it was, it was one bad mistake um, that, uh, you know, unfortunately has to uh, kind of, address right now getting back to baseball the big series starts now you know this is something that we waited for at the start of the season that was obviously delayed we've been waiting for the astros i mean we can talk to we can talk about the vitriol and everything that should be going their way that's not but this is the head-to-head matchup that is probably going to decide the division this is game one of ten I mean, this is it. I mean, you, you want to be the team that wins the American League West, 
it's probably going to be who 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 fares the best in this matchup. Exactly. You know, that's, that's the goal that the A's had heading into spring training, win the division. That's that's what they've been aiming for. And um, it's it's the, it's the start of it tonight. You know, it's 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 their opportunity to make a statement here in this series, especially, you know, right out the gate that, hey, you know, we're, we're here to take the division. You know, we're not just here to, you know, finish second place to you guys again. We're we're here to uh, to take over. And um, with the Astros being kind of banged up right now, I don't think Springer's playing tonight and their pitching has just been decimated. I mean, this is a golden opportunity for the A's. They're already, what, two two games, a game and a half up on them and uh, having a three-game series at home. I mean, they could really beat up on these guys and, and gain some ground here. So, I mean, the Astros still, no no question, a really good team. Their lineup is still really good. Um, and, you know, they got Granky going tonight, and he's kind of been a terror against the A's, especially last year when, when he went to the Astros. He was, uh, you know, pushing, you know, almost complete game shutouts against them each time out. So that's going to be a tough matchup tonight. But, um it's a golden opportunity for them to to kind of make a statement here for sure. Yeah, uh, it, it's two and a half game lead right now that the A's have over the Astros. And we're in a time to where it's so quick to get starters out and they got so many different guys in the bullpen. It's like I, I want to I want to I want the A's to smell blood here. I mean, you can get I mean, after Grinky, I mean, the guys that you looked at are coming. This isn't Verlander. This isn't Cole. Heck, this isn't Wade Miley anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know the, that rotation is completely different. It's not. It's no longer the 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 beast that it once was. So, I mean, there's one thing that the A's do a lot of times, even when they're not firing all soldiers on offense, they can make a starting pitcher work, and that's going to be key tonight. You've got to make Granky, even if you're not scoring off him, you you make him get into deep counts. You you make them build up a high pitch count early and, and get to that bullpen as soon as you can. Because, I mean, I, I've watched – yeah, I haven't watched every Astros game this year, but I've watched a lot of their bullpen, and it hasn't been good lately. I mean, they got a lot of young guys in there who are kind of improving and really maybe shouldn't be up yet, but because of injuries, they're thrust into high-leverage situations. So if you can get to that bullpen early, I think that's obviously going to be a huge, huge key for the A's in this one. Well, and then for the A's, I mean, they're key. I mean, I have, I, I've been spouting all these numbers about the bullpen. I mean, 1.80, fifth best in the league, you know, 11.2 third score, consecutive scoreless innings. I mean, the reason why this team's in first place right now, there's no question, is because of the bullpen. Yeah, it's been unbelievable just watching them uh, here uh, in the early part of the season. I mean, I, I suspected that they'd be better this year because they have so many guys who have, you know, proven to do well in this league who kind of had up and down season last year. I thought they would stabilize that a little more, but I didn't expect this. I mean, they've single-handedly, I mean, that first series against the Angels, they were responsible for every win. And, uh, I mean, the big performances that they've turned in in Seattle and then, then the series against Texas that just happened, um, they've been lights out. Uh, I mean, even guys like Birch Smith and TJ McFarland who – weren't even thought of to be really, uh, really impactful guys going into the season have, have played key roles. Everyone up and down that uh, bullpen has been um, dominant. And, you know, you kind of worry because you start to wonder, are they relying on them too much? Are they going to get a little tired out here? But, um, you know, that's where the starters have to, you know, start going deeper into games, which they kind of have been uh, on and off here the last few weeks or last week or so. But um, so far, this bullpen is the best, probably the best in baseball, I'd say, up and down. You know, one guy who we love and such a, a good good person on the field, off the field, 
But it has been a struggle for Marcus Simeon. And I know play every game and put him at the top of the lineup. But what do you do with Marcus as still no home run, only two RBIs, hitting 179? It's kind of like, I, I mean, I keep, I, I keep putting him in the lineup. But at some point, you're like, he's got to hit. Yeah, you know, I asked Bob about that maybe a couple of days ago, and he said he wasn't worried. Um, you know, he's talking about other players around the league who are struggling, and uh, you know, the numbers are 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 pretty low. I mean, there's no other way around it. Um, you know, maybe you move him out of the leadoff spot for a little bit. I mean, I think Loriano could be a, a possible leadoff guy in the interim while Marcus kind of figures things out. Um, maybe you kind of switch it up a little bit. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if he'll, uh, you know, get some days off just because I don't, I don't think. First of all, it's hard to convince him to take a day off regardless. And uh, I think Bob respects him a lot. I don't think, you know, he would want to take him out of the lineup. He's just that type of leader guy that you need in the lineup, he feels like. So uh, maybe you move him down a little bit or something to get him going. I mean, I still think, you know, it is a short season, but it still is somewhat early. I think some guys still are trying to figure things out. I would suspect, I think, I know Marcus is better than this, um, you know, but maybe, you know, it does, had to be a little bit of a change there. Maybe maybe you move him down or something to get him going. Um, you know, we'll see how he – maybe this Astro series can wake him up a little bit. And the one guy who started to hit out of nowhere, Tony Kemp, and he's back in the lineup, and he's batting ninth, and he's playing second base. And, and that just leads me to, you know, we thought – or Melissa Lockhart from The Athletic put out there that she was hearing that it was – uh, it was going to be Seth Brown and Franklin Barreto heading back to San Jose, but Barreto would have to clear waivers and would they make a trade or would someone claim him? And is this it for Franklin Barreto and it ended up being Caprellian and Barreto's here and he got the pinch run, got one at bat, fouled at uh, pop fly in foul territory. I just, what do you do with Franklin Barreto? He's 20, he's 24 but yet he's been playing pro ball since he was 16. So it's not, he's not as young as you think. Uh, what do you do with him? Yeah, it's tough. You know, it, it kind of, I, the way he was going in summer camp, I thought he was going to get uh, more of a shot here to play at least early on. And um, I don't believe he's, he hasn't gotten a start yet. He's, he's come off the bench for some at bats, which is kind of the same thing that has always been his, his, his issue for him in the past years is, you know, not finding a way to get him in the lineup and, with Kemp getting hot here, he might be a guy who the A's kind of ride the hot hand with and play him, you know, even more, which might diminish his chances of, of playing every day even more or getting a, a start here or there. It's tough. At this point, it might be better off for him just to get a fresh start somewhere. I, I still think Barreto's extremely talented. I still think he could be a good hitter in this league. But, you know, sometimes a change of scenery is needed for some guys. Maybe that's the case with, with Franklin. I know the trade deadline's coming up. Um, you know, at the end of the month, maybe they just try to move him just for his sake to try to, you know, get a fresh start somewhere. Because, I mean, the way it's going right now, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a, a much of a chance for him to get any starts here um, in the near future. Yeah. Do you, how, much, how much value do you think he still has? Yeah, it's low. I mean, he definitely would be selling low right now based on, you know, a team looks at his, his numbers at the at the major league level. And, you know, there's they don't look good. They don't look good at all. I mean, it, it would have to be you know, which team kind of, which team system, which team's front office kind of sees something in them beyond those numbers and thinks, you know, we have an open, we have a hole at second base and this guy is still young and, you know, maybe a rebuilding team or something that, that would give him that chance to go through those early struggles and stick with them for, for a whole season. All right. Two guys 
before we let you go, can we give love to two guys here? One is going to be Mike Fires. So Mike Fires in the last three years at the Oakland Coliseum is 13 and two. He has started in 45 games. He's came in relief one time. So he's pitched in 46 games, started 45. He's 21 and six. Can we start giving this guy some love? I mean, he's great at the Coliseum. I mean, that was why everyone was campaigning for him to start the wild card game, right? I mean, uh, every time he pitches here, it seems like it's just his uh, his safe haven. Even when he's going through some struggles on the road, it hasn't carried over at the Coliseum. I feel like he's always kind of an automatic six innings, one run, two runs, keep you in the ball game type guy here. And um, I mean, that that's that's uh, exactly what you need on a on a on a championship team. That guy who you can rely on throughout the season to give you those quality starts. So, I mean, he's, he's pretty much a walking quality start in my eyes. He's, he's, uh, um, you know, consistent in that regard. And has also been a, a kind of a soundboard for the younger guys in the rotation to kind of, you know, bounce some things off of. He's been in this league a long time already and he's, he's a vet now. So, um, he's a valuable asset, you know, even when he's not pitching, um, on a certain day. And then the guy going tonight, Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett has allowed one run over nine and two thirds innings in his two starts. His last time out, he earned the win against Seattle throwing five and two thirds innings. Bassett has struck out 12 while Ishling only one walk, 12 strikeouts, one walk strikeout to walk ratio. I call that pretty good. He has a 3.49 ERA since the beginning of 2018. He has thrown two, uh, 201 and a third innings during that stretch. I mean, Chris Bassett, as a starter, going to the bullpen late in the season, what he has meant to Bob Melvin and this pitching staff, he's 1-0 right now. I know it's a lot of numbers. He's 1-0 with a 0.93. Just talk about, talk about how valuable Chris Bassett has been to this pitching staff. Well, I mean, if you're looking at these first two starts for everybody, he's, he's technically the, the best starter on this club. I mean, the numbers would say it um, to this point of the season. Um, and like you, you mentioned those numbers in 2018, he's been solid all 200 innings is a long time. That's, that's enough of a sample size to know that he's, he's pretty good as a starter. So I think his days as a, you know, that, that, that versatile guy as a reliever slash starter, I mean, it's good to have a guy like that, but I don't see him pitching out of the bullpen anytime soon. I mean, I think he's proven himself to be, a good starting pitcher in the, in this league. And um, I mean, I, I love watching him pitch. I mean, his, his curveballs like that Bugs Bunny curveball just keeps guys fooled. I mean, if he, he makes guys look bad, he made trout look bad um, that, that opening series. And uh, that curveball is such a huge weapon for him. It's he's able to, you know, he's got a good fastball as well. So the, the mix of speeds there just throws guys off. And he's, it seems like he's learned getting better and better every start and how to, how to mix that up. And, you know, his pitch, sequencing and how to how to keep guys off balance um seven strikeouts his last start i mean if if you were to ask me you know which guy i want on the mound for the opening game against the the astros the series Bassett would be the guy and that's who they have going tonight so um he's i think he's proven himself he's done all he needs to do to to secure a spot in that rotation i think for the long term i don't think he's more i don't think he's going to be that that versatile you know spot starter you know long relief man any longer i think he's a he's a bona fide starter Think about what you said. If there's anybody I want to open this series, it's Chris Bassett. <laughs> Sounds crazy, right? But he's, he's been that good. All right. And by the way, where are you guys watching the game? 
Um, at the Coliseum, they, they set up like a little auxiliary box down a lower level. I don't remember what section, maybe 120 or something. It's basically during the season, it's like a little, little suite, like a little club area with monitors and little tables. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, we're set up. We're, it's better for us to all space out. I mean, we can't really do that in the press box. So they have us in the lower level. It's a better view for us. Um, so it's working out pretty well. All right, buddy, be safe. We always appreciate the time. We'll be calling soon. Anytime, Tony. Thanks. Martin Gallegos, MLB.com. Well, this one team keeps doing this one thing that is what everybody wants to do. And can they make it 13 straight tonight? And if they win tonight, I know I'm being very vague, because that is called a tease, Cody. Oh, by the way, we haven't discussed the chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. We now have outdoor seating. You were supposed to ask me about that. So you have outdoor seating at the at the pie shop now, huh? Walnut Creek? Yes. Go check it out. The chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. Out beautiful outdoor seating now. You'll love it. All right, coming up next, somebody's trying to continue a, a historic stretch. And, boy, if they beat this one team, this team could be in big trouble. We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly. Cookies and milk. Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't. Because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente. Thrive. Visit kp.org today. You don't need to understand how available adaptive variable suspension works or how pre-collision cameras detect pedestrians in low light. You don't need to understand any of the craft that went into the Lexus ES to feel it. With outstanding connectivity and standard Lexus Safety System Plus 2.0. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. LSS Plus 2.0 and the pre-collision system with pedestrian detection are not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practices. See owner's manual for additional limitations and details. COVID-19 is more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families. In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship, that we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment, and we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com. This is Chris Townsend. If you're looking for a new mattress, look no further than my friends at nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. You'll get the ultimate mattress for your needs. And green and gold fans, right now, if you use the coupon code Oakland, you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's use the coupon Oakland to get an entire 10% off your order. Remember, nestbedding.com, America's favorite online mattress brand with stores around the Bay Area and around the country. You need a new mattress? You go to nestbedding.com. Hi, I'm Kathy Adams, president of the Oakland African American Chamber of Commerce. As the impact of COVID-19 grows, OAACC believes it is important that the African American community hears directly from us in regards to mitigation efforts you may enact it to reduce the risk to your family and loved ones. Recent data reveals African Americans are dying from COVID-19. 
at disproportionate rates than other groups. Experts cite diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and lung disease as factors. It is imperative that we institute safeguard measures listed on the OAACC website. We will be conducting virtual forums with African-American experts sharing how we must conduct ourselves during this pandemic. OAACC has taken up the mantle to be caretakers for our community. Visit us at OAACC.org. Hi, this is Shamanaya. Shamanaya has no hit the Red Sox. And you're listening to A's Cast, your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. Chris Townsend with you here on A's Cast Live. Cody, do you have any idea what game I was talking about? I was trying to figure it out, but then it slipped my mind once I started playing the, the commercial spots. But I remember hearing you say 13 straight, so I'm eagerly waiting to hear what this is about. The New York Yankees. The Yankees. They have homered in 12 straight games. Tied for the fifth best run in history of baseball. It is wild, the amount of home runs. They're playing the Rays right now. First game of a four-game set at the Trop, which normally is a Yankee home game because the Yankees train in Tampa. Aaron Judge has homered once every 6.1 at-bats this season. (laughs) 43 ABs, he's got seven. It's unreal. And they have just owned the Rays. Yankees won 12 of their 19 meetings against the Rays in 2019. Rays have scored just 18 runs in their last seven games, losing six of them. You were telling me how they're going to the World Series. They're just five and seven. They haven't won a series versus the Yankees since 2014. And that Yankees 12 straight games with the home run. Do you know who holds the record for consecutive games with a home run? I'll give you a hint. It was set last year. The record's 20. I got to go to the Twins. The record's 20 by the Seattle Mariners when they started the year with 20 straight. (laughs) Oh, the the Yankees are beating that. Yankees Yankees may hit and they may hit a home run in 60 straight games. Uh, I would not be surprised. They got the guys with Stanton and Judge and uh, Voight and all the – I mean, Gary Sanchez, they have the guys and – the Rays, they, they need to pick it up. I mean, this is a big series. Then Blake Snell's pitching for them. He talked about how this it's always important to to be more amped up pitching against the Yankees. That's great, Blake, but you need to pitch better because uh, your entire staff overall has not been good. And this is a big series because you're like you're essentially the only two teams that are really playing for anything right now. The Red Sox stink. The Orioles can't win. The Marlins are you know taking every game from them, and then and then Toronto's playing okay. But uh, this these are the two teams everyone expected to be battling enough for that division and. It's gone the Yankees' way so far. And you said it, Aaron Judge has seven home runs. The only, he, he leads all baseball, and you have Nick Castellanos, the guy who, guy who can't play defense, is right behind him. But Judge, uh, he's off to a great start, and that's, good, that's very good for the Yankees if they want to make it to the World Series for the first time since 2009. You know, remember, because this past decade, from 2010 to 2019, they didn't make the World Series. That was the first time in about 100 years they went through a span where they didn't make it to the World Series. So... It's a big deal for them now. Uh, they're in the playoffs every year, so I, I I would take that win and own. Okay, so 
when you look at their lineup, if this isn't like the Yankees went out and spent a ton of money and no one else can do it and da-da-da-da-da-da. I mean, a lot of people could have had DJ LeMahieu. Aaron Judge was originally an A's draft pick. Aaron Judge is not a first-round draft pick. I mean, other than Giancarlo, don't call me Mike anymore. Who, who Who's in their lineup that the other 29 teams really couldn't have had? Not many guys, let's be honest. I mean, Aaron Hicks I mean, is coming off Tommy John surgery. Um, I mean, it's not like they have these these guys and they're the high-profile guys. Yeah, DJ LeMahieu leads the American League in batting average, but you're right, anybody could have had him last year when he was a free agent signing in prior to 2019. But the Yankees got him for a good a good amount of money and a deal, and he was a top-five MVP guy last year. Wait, wasn't he a one-year deal? If he wasn't, he must have resigned then because he played there last year, and then now he's playing there again. So I'll pull up his uh, contract figures. I mean, I, I mean, it's not like this isn't like they went out and got this guy and this free agent, this free agent, this free agent. It's not like they did that. So I'm kind of like, you know, I don't think this is a situation where we can say, you know, the Yankees bought their way to having a great team. I mean, a lot of these guys, anybody could have had. It's like, it's like giving Brian Cashman really his due in a lot of ways. I mean... Do we have the great Steve Sparks with us? You have the great Steve Sparks with you. Thanks How, for having me. Oh, you know what? How are you? I mean, when we heard those off-season reports, and it just it just crushed what? us. What? You know, I faked it. You know, I <laughs> like attention. No, I'm doing great. Thanks for thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, I had a heart attack in December. Uh, got pretty lucky, and uh, as of this day, uh, I feel great and uh, fully recovered. Man, just just going along right now, kind of kind of enjoying the no travel right now. I, I, I hate that we're in a situation where we have to do it like this, but you know, I'm not I'm not griping about the no travel. I think this year, you know, getting back to full health, it, it, it's not a bad thing for me personally, anyway. No doubt, and you know, two you know you and Mark Langston, two of our favorites, yeah. and. Uh, uh, the two of you were lucky that both of you survived. So, I mean, just our, our thoughts and prayers were out for you. And it's just so Thank great you. to hear your voice. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know what, Langer, uh, you, you know, you talk about him uh, with his episode. It was literally five feet away from me. Our, our booths are right next to each other at Minute Maid Park. And uh, Mark had his heart attack uh, last series of the season, of the regular season last year. Uh, and, and I'm looking at a window uh, right to my right and watching him go down. And man, it was really scary. It was a jarring uh, event. So uh, I will say this, you know, just that, since we have a few listeners that have some ears is that uh, there's a chance for people to go get blood work and there's a calcium score that you can get. And uh, if your calcium's a little high in your blood system, then you might be a candidate uh, uh, to be watching out for calcification uh, around your, your valve. So uh, it's a really easy test, and uh, people need to uh, stay on top of it. By the way, what age do they recommend that you start it, doing that? Yeah, it depends on family history more than anything else. But I would say, you know, 35, 40 years old, you need to start looking at things and, and getting a, a regular physical and, and letting the, the doctors keep things monitored so you have a baseline uh, to know what you're looking at and see if you're improving or, or getting a little bit worse. 
Yeah, because I know. I mean, I'm 48, and now I'm I, I'm my yeah. blood work. Different things are starting to, and because. I, I mean, I got to tell you, if, if people looked at you and looked at Mark Langston, you'd look at two guys and go, oh, these guys look great. They should have to worry about anything. Yeah, I had no symptoms, Chris. It was, uh, you know, blood pressure has always been great. Uh, everything is always, you know, checked out really well. But my family history was more extensive than I had actually even realized. So, you know, that's, that's what the doctors told me, you know, even after uh, – surgery they put a stent in, in my heart they just said hey uh family history trumps everything else so if you've got it in in your family uh probably start checking things out sooner than later and uh i got lucky man just being able to to tell you know people what what i've learned along the way it was the widow maker you know and it was 99 percent blocked i died three times they brought me back to life and you know if it wasn't for uh getting to the, the hospital uh, within one minute uh, of having that heart attack, I wouldn't be here. Give that test again, the, the blood test that our fans should know about. Yeah, it's, a, it's called a calcium score, you know, and it, I think it's about a hundred bucks. You know, you can get this taken uh, every year. Uh, just, just tell your physician that, that you're interested in doing it. You know, and if your calcium score is a zero, uh, you're good for, for probably a couple of years, I would say. But, you know, if, if you have some calcium in your blood, then uh, it's got a chance to calcify and block uh, one of those arteries and, uh, you need to stay on top of it. So what is going on with the Astros? Obviously not the start that they've wanted, uh, right. injuries to Justin Verlander. Uh, you know, you lose Garrett Cole, you, you lose Wade Miley. You've got a bunch of rookies in the bullpen. It looks like Osuna needs to have Tommy John. Well, just give yeah. me the temperature of what's going on with the Astros. Well, it starts with free agency in the offseason. You mentioned Cole and Miley. You lose those guys. McHugh's gone. Peacock hasn't been able to uh, respond after uh, some bulkiness in spring training, so you lose innings there. Will Harris signs with the Nationals. Colin McHugh's with the Red Sox. So you're starting to see attrition, and then you start uh, to talk about injuries. And with Verlander going down, uh, we're supposed to find something out hopefully this weekend after uh, a forearm strain a couple of weeks ago that he needed to rest and uh, probably get another MRI and see where he's at. But even if he's able to play catch again, it's going to take probably three weeks to get ramped up to, to even go five innings, you know, even if you're lucky with that. So you, you're going to have to have guys like Greenkey and McCullers and, and young guys step up. And right now it's just a jigsaw puzzle for, for Dusty Baker more than anything else after the starters out of the game. Man, they've had nine uh, pitchers out of their bullpen this year, make their major league debuts already. And they've only played 12 games. So uh, that's what, that's what they're messing with right now. And, you know, a lot of them uh, they've never even seen, you know, they're just relying on, on scouting reports. So, you know, Dusty talks about, you know, the more relievers you bring into a ball game, uh, the more apt you are that, that one or two of them aren't going to have their, their good stuff or control or, you just never know what's going to happen. And, and that's the problem right now is guys, starters aren't built up enough to cover enough innings where you don't get exposed. So they're getting exposed right now, man. It's, it's you know, once the sixth inning starts, that's when the game starts for the Astros because they can swing it, man. They've, they've got a great offense, but the games don't start until the sixth inning when, when it's the jigsaw puzzle for Dusty Baker and Brent Strom right now. Yeah, and it's kind of like that for everybody. And one of the reasons why the A's are going so good is because the bullpen has been right. so good. But it, but it's really like every night it's flip a coin. What are you going to get out of your starter? Is it three innings, 
four innings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like six innings feels like a complete game. Yeah, it's amazing the the way the game's trended. You know, and to get through the lineup twice, everybody feels like you, you've done your job. I just, man, it just doesn't uh, lend itself to, to keeping your bullpen. Look, look what Bob Melvin had to deal with last year. Two years ago, that bullpen, man, I, I, I saw that bullpen staying intact and being one of the best in the American League for years. But they were brutal last year. You just don't know what you're going to get uh, from year to year because of the volatility. And I think it's because they get overused because starters don't go as deep as they, they used to. So uh, I think, you know, it, it's probably going to be cyclical uh, with starting pitchers. But, man, I'd love to see starters start to go six, seven, eight innings again with regularity. And what the heck, even complete a game every once in a while. You know, we had Richard Justice on from MLB.com. Obviously, you know him for all those years with the Houston Chronicle be, being in your yep. guys' neighborhood. And he said that uh, – when he was at spring training before the shutdown, he said the players looked worn out. Just all the questions, just yeah. everything, dealing with it every single day. And, you know, now that they don't have to deal with the fans and really don't have to deal with the media because everything's now a, a Zoom or a Ring Central or a Google Meet call, just how do you right. think the Astros have benefited from not having all the media and all the fans on them at games? They, they may have benefited a little bit, you know, and it's, Man, it's been brutal. These guys are wearing it. Not to, not to say they don't deserve it, but uh, uh, think about how guys are built these days and social media and how fun. And we think about this Astros team over the last few years. It seemed like a really fun, kind of a joyous bunch. And with their masks on and not seeing them very often uh, uh, in interviews and things like that, you don't know uh, how they're really dealing with this. And But they don't seem like they're having as much fun. And you know, it's it's for good reason. So number one, they're not winning as frequently. But number two, there's some shame involved. So it's changed personalities, I would imagine, to a degree. And, and I think some of the personalities have gone one way. And, and I'll I'll state this as an example: Carlos Correa looks maybe tougher and more driven than I've ever seen. Him. And I think it has to do with uh, the way he kind of spoke up. And and you know, I think some guys just handle some of these things a little differently. But I, I think some some other guys have gone a different direction. I, I probably shouldn't mention names, but I think personalities have been squelched to a degree as far as, you know, the swagger that's been involved with this team for the last few years. Hey, listen, man, this this team can hit, and, and they're talented. And maybe the, the shame of, of all that went down in 2017 is when you look back, and I think the players would say this, uh, they probably didn't have to. You know, they could probably could have at least rolled the dice and, and taken their chances because they're extremely talented. So um, you will never know, you know, and, and that team's always going to be tainted uh, for, for what was uh, uncovered. But uh, it's something they're going to have to live with. And right now it's still very raw. You know, there were rumors that Jim Crane was going to be like, we got to win this year just so we can validate what happened in 2017 and that the Astros could be big players at the trading deadline coming up here at August 31st. Do you think that could be a possibility? I don't know if that's the exact reason, but he has come out and said this. He he said, you know what? This team has done well the last four or five years. 
not everybody in the league's in the same situation that we are uh, because of uh, the finances involved when you make the playoffs four out of the last five years. Uh, so we're in a pretty good position compared to most. And with that being said, and we've got, you know, uh, I'm, I'm speaking for Jim Crane right now, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but we've got Brantley, we've got Springer, we've got Reddick, and we've got Guriel uh, becoming three agents at the end, end of the season. And the year after that, it's Grinky and Verlander uh, and Correa. So, so things are going to change, but he has said, uh, because of the climate and there's teams that aren't in very good financial situation because of the lost games and the lost revenue, because there's no fans in the seat, we might be able to take advantage of it on a free agent, uh, market right now. So their number one priority is to re-sign George Springer. That's where all things begin. But, uh, I think if I was the GM, if I was an owner, I would be aggressive right now because I do have the wherewithal to, to keep this window open for a little while longer uh, because of our financial situation. You know, from a pitching standpoint, when Verlander went down and, you know, you heard about the elbow and you start thinking, oh, my God, if it's Tommy John, then that means – that goes into next year where, cause we're now looking at Tommy John as being something well past 12 months. It's anywhere from 14 to 18. And even with the shortened season, I think the sad thing is I, I, I believe he's our last chance to ever see a guy win 300. And unfortunately this pandemic COVID-19, I, I think that may take that, that away from us. Cause I, I don't know who's, who's even going to come close. I mean, wouldn't you say he was kind of our, our last hope to see that one more time? Yeah, I, I think you're right, and, and I still wouldn't put it past him, even even if the it, it's the worst case scenario from what you're talking about with his injury. I still think, and I hear him talk about he wants to pitch till he's 45, 46 years old. He and he's driven to do so. He wants to be uh, a surefire. He he already is, but I mean, he wants to to be in the upper echelon with with all the all time greats, and he's driven, you know, and not a lot of pitchers with that much talent and with that much pedigree and have accomplished as much as he has uh, are still driven the way he is at this stage of his life, but wouldn't put past, put anything past him. And if I was going to put money down right now on whether or not Justin Verlander reaches 300 wins, I, I put it down uh, without hesitating. You know, I, I think he's going to pitch for, for quite a while longer. I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year, uh, if it is, you know, the Astros will be lucky to have him because he's great. Uh, but even past that, I think he's going to pitch for a while longer. I actually laugh when I hear people, and there's been some articles written, we go, we don't know if Verlander's a Hall of Famer. Well, you can ask uh, every A's fan uh, what he did to us in the playoffs in 2012, uh, 2013. If <laughs> I have a vote, he's a first ballot. What else you got to do in your career, for God's sakes? Now, everybody that plays the game, you know, and you just look at these generations, you know who the Hall of Famers are. If Verlander's not a Hall of Famer, there's not one out here. I mean, he's, you know, in the face of the game right now, he's he's in the top five along with Pujols and uh, Miguel Cabrera. Those guys, I mean, Verlander's in that conversation with, with one of the best of this generation. There's no question. Hey, listen, we're so happy to talk to you. We were praying for you when we heard what happened. We're like, oh, no, it's just we're, we're, we're so happy for you and your family. And, yeah, <laughs> this is you know a season for you that still calling games, but you don't have the wear and tear of traveling. Yeah. So uh, take advantage of that, and we can't wait. And, you know, we'll talk to you again this season, but we'll see you next season. We can't wait to see you. 
Yeah, I appreciate it, Chris. Uh, this is gonna, man. This is gonna be a great series. I think it's statement time uh, for Oakland. Yeah, they really want to make this statement. It's gonna be fun to watch and see how these two teams jostle uh, with each other this weekend. It's gonna be fun. So thanks for having me on. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take care. Steve Sparks, former Oakland Athletic, and now play-by-play man for the Houston Astros. And it was like bang bang. It was. It was. Our man, Mark Langston, the great San Jose State Spartan, who works for the Angels, had a heart attack. And then Sparks, yeah, it's like, oh, my God. And they're young. They're early 50s or close to mid-50s. That's a good little note on the calcium, by the way. I didn't know that. I'm going to make sure. I got to do a blood test in three months. I'm going to make sure I, I, I have that done. Well, I was just blown away that he said that he – what did he say? He he died three times? Like, that's that's incredible. Like – that he that he he said he had one minute to spare and he got there and you know I'm glad he's alive he's one of our best friends of the program and we love we got to meet him last year he's a great guy him and Blummer helped us out a lot you know there there's a lot of people that don't like a lot about he, the uh, Astros but those are two good guys that work for the organization so well, yeah how about that we've got and Blummer's been a friend of the program for a long time you know I mean coming on the old radio station all the time with me um, how about that our hated rival. We've got good friends of the program. Yeah, those two guys. Um, Ubi. Yeah, the Langston. Langston. Uh, Aaron Golds. Uh, Aaron from up in Seattle. We, we we're close with him. Uh, Ryan Roland Smith is now a friend. Uh, David Murphy. Uh, CJ. Like we're friends with the. <laughs> we got contacts with all the teams. Like with all the broadcasters, they're all they're all willing to come on and they like and they enjoy being on here. So it's it's cool to get to talk to them and. What what do you think now that since the Cardinals and Cubs are going to play, what about the idea of Astros A's Sunday night baseball? Your guy A Rod and Matty V on the call potentially. I think that'd be pretty cool to see that game this series on Sunday night baseball with the Cardinals and Cubs being postponed because of co- the one player testing positive with COVID nineteen uh, today. Um. I've heard rumors from a certain ESPN broadcaster that that could happen. So, and, and that uh, that broadcaster is a local ESPN broadcaster. I don't want to give his name away. Uh, I, I I think I yeah I I think he's uh, he's a rest. <laughs> Ken Rosenthal had a note today about the uh, the testing and how many positives there have been. I'm trying to find his. Uh, he said from uh, 13 of the 13,043 samples from COVID-19 testing in the past week, or point, uh, 0.1% were new positives, seven players, six staffers. So it looks like the numbers are going down in baseball. We, we've seen no positive tests in hockey, none in the NBA. So that's a good sign. The Marlins are playing – they're winning. They got Olympic speed skater on their team. Uh, they're a great story right now for anyone who's watching what the Marlins are doing. I just don't get how journalism has has changed so much to where you had some Marlins. They all knew in baseball people were going to test positive. That's just that's just going to happen during a pandemic. That's why they had these alternate sites. But yet our own media. Sports media or not, because everybody covered the Marlins. 
it became doom and gloom. They it, it's it's almost like baseball started and they were all warning baseball. And then once some people tested, they went, aha, see, see, shut down, shut down. It's like, what, what where's what happened to the media? Because the reality was, listen, baseball knew this is gonna happen. There's gonna be certain teams. Dave Cavill said it with us. Stan Kasten, the president of the Dodgers, said it. We knew this was a possibility. That's why we have the alternate site. These young kids, for the most part, are asymptomatic. We we put them away in quarantine. Oh, by the way, Jesus was still throwing the ball during quarantine. Jesus Lazardo, And then we bring him back. Do people forget Jesus Lazardo tested positive for COVID-19? By the time he was on the mound for his first start, did anybody remember that? I mean, let's look, somebody... at Marlins, look at the Marlins players that have already come back. Juan Soto's back. Tyre Glasnow's back. Freddie Freeman's back. It's like, man, everybody, everybody was like rooting. It, it's like, it's like we're rooting against each other in society. It's crazy, and I'm not getting political at all. I'm not because, oh God, but it's almost like people are just rooting against us. Baseball is a great example. They've been they've been they've been like a chameleon. They keep changing, making things better, and that's smart. I mean, you gotta still live your life in some ways. And baseball's showing, hockey's showing, basketball's showing. Am I wrong? Are we not playing games? I'm, I'm, I'm on my phone right now, I'm watching the PGA championship at Harden Park. Golf's been going for weeks and have guys test a positive. Yes. And they take him out, whether it's a player, a caddy, caddy. I mean, it's amazing how the media and the sports media have covered it. Uh, what time are we going until uh, a little after five? The uh, you mentioned the Marlins, uh, the Marlins, right? Five fifteen. Marlins winning three nothing in the second inning versus the Mets. The Marlins Wait aren't slowing down. <laughs> the Marlins are going to make a lot of people look bad. Uh, not me. I told you they're going to the playoffs. Hey, what is that? What is that Twitter site where you can take people's old hot takes? Oh, old takes exposed. Uh, old takes exposed. I think it's like at freezing takes or something like that. But the there's names. so many from our own Bay Area sports media that when the Marlins first tested positive. You should have seen the trolls. You should have seen the hot take trolls come out on on Twitter. And now and that's why I always joke. I'm like, like, all these people are talking about the doom and gloom. Hey, by the way, the day before we all knew about the more the Marlins testing positive, they scored eleven runs and beat the Phillies eleven to six. I, I'm gonna keep repeating that. Because no one mentioned that. It was like it, you know. Everybody just wants to talk about tests. No, I mean, death rates and all that kind of stuff. And knock on wood, it keeps going down. No one wants to talk about that anymore. They just want to talk about tests. And that's why I always want to go, what are the symptoms? What's going on? Quarantine them. And they're going to be back in two weeks. You're talking about young, healthy men. Like the outlier that we heard is, is Freddie Freeman. He had a fever. It's like the same thing you get when you have the flu. And Freddie Freeman, by the way, has been has been back with the Braves after having that really extreme fever since day one. He's been back. I I don't want anyone to get it. I don't want to get it. 
But, I mean, the way it's been covered, the Marlins, oh, my God, the Marlins shut it down. What? And here the Marlins are, just they just keep on winning. And, by the way, bravo to baseball. Bravo to NHL. Bravo to the PGA Tour and the NBA and NASCAR and the different sports that are going and showing the way. If you're safe and you do things the right way, don't go to clubs, don't go to bars, don't go to house parties, don't go to the hotel bar. Be smart. Wash your hands. Have Purell with you wherever you go. Be smart. And a lot of teams are being smart. And these teams shouldn't be, you know, the, you know, the A's and the Astros and all the other 28 teams, and now throw the Marlins in there who are doing well. The other 29 teams shouldn't be punished. And let me tell you something. These guys all want to play. Everybody in these organizations, they want to play. This is what they do for a living. It's what we do for a living. We want to play. And a lot of teams are being real smart about it. Hey, the A's, for four days, were cooped up in a hotel in Seattle. Play video games, be on your computer. You leave the hotel, get on the bus, go to the field, play, get back on the bus, go to the hotel. It's two months. It's all we ask. It's two months. What do you got? Well, I got two more things before we get to buying or selling. Josh Donaldson put on the injured list for the Twins, who are 10-3 and three on the air. They, they were rolling. They thought they had the game won yesterday until, yeah, you don't, you don't sleep the Pirates at PNC Park. Uh, Pirates hurting their draft, their, num- their chances for the number one overall pick with that win yesterday. I'm not happy. And uh, Strasburg set to return on Sunday, so the Nats are going to get their uh, their well, I would say their star pitcher, but we all know Max Scherzer is their star pitcher. So the Nats so are starting to get healthy-ish. The, the the injury that Strasburg has is the same injury Otani has, right? Stra- uh, Strasburg uh, had that injury a couple of years ago that Otani has. I forget what his injury was this year. Uh, his injury this but, year was remember it's a ligament that supports the UCL, which is the Tommy John ligament. Oh, uh, Eduardo Perez, I was actually really, you're not going to believe this. I was up at 6.30 this morning and uh, heading out to practice a little golf today, Commander. I got to hear um, Eduardo Perez doing the morning show. I did not know he did the morning show on MLB Network. The lead off spot? Yeah, it's usually him, CJ, and a uh, friend of the program, Steve Phillips. They usually yeah, do it. Yeah, and it was Steve Phillips and Eduardo Perez. They, they, they're running a promo where he's saying, you know what? They should just make Otani a full-time hitter and a closer. And it makes sense. Instead of trying to get him out there once every five days where he's got to take this day off and that day off and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, just have him... I mean, all he, I mean, fastball, he only needs two pitches. And he's got like 12 pitches. So let's just pick three out of the 12 pitches that he has. And hit. And if you're in the lead, have him warm up. I mean, this is easily doable. He doesn't have to be your full-time closer, but he could close out a lot of games. That may be where his best value is. Make him a full-time hitter and a bullpen guy. Because then, like, he could leave, like, right field and go warm up and then come into the game. I really like that that idea because 
I mean, hell, you could you could have him. I would I would steal it, but I'm going to credit our good friend Eduardo Perez. You could have him. I mean, on paper, this sounds great, probably to you and I, but you could have him essentially be in the lineup and then DH or um, come in and close the game. I mean, you have to manipulate that a little bit, but or you can you don't have to worry about keep him out of the lineup so many times like you would when you. Oh, he's going to start Sunday, so he he's he's not going to be in the lineup Friday and Saturday. And he won't be in the lineup what, Sunday. Why are you going to have him DH? He's too good of an athlete. Yeah, he's question, twenty-five you... years old. Let him like like you could have an outfield of Adele Trout and put Otani out in left. Adele play Adele plays right, right? Well, you can play. I think Adele can play anywhere in the outfield. All right, so whatever I mean, the shorter throw is left field. So you're always trying to protect the arm. So have Otani play left and play, have Adele play right and let him go. And Jay up uh, DH because they still have to pay him. He's going to have to go. <laughs> Upton's yeah. going to have to Oh, yeah, have Upton DH. Because they still got to pay him for, I think, a couple more years at least. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I mean Otani's got to play. And the starting pitching thing ain't working because you know what? It, it, the starting pit, A, he can't start because he can't say LP. And B, if he could, then you're taking Otani out of the lineup too many times. Yeah. It's like, ridiculous. Why would you take why would you take I mean, it was so it was so lame. A guy starts the season hitting third in the lineup. So your first game, you got a guy hitting third, and then the next two days he's not in the lineup. When have you ever seen seen that in the history of baseball without an injury? Where a guy is your opening day three hole hitter, and then games two and three, now he's not in the lineup. If you can find that, I'd like to see that. I don't think we're gonna we're gonna find that anywhere. And uh, Otani is, like I said, his first game after being diagnosed with the injury, hit a home run. So I think he's gonna be okay as a hitter in Major League Baseball. Are you ready for buying or selling? All day. It's time for Buying or Selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. All right, so as you know, up next on uh, A's Cast will be the A's Total Access pregame show with you at 5.15, leading into A's and Astros. Uh, we'll, We'll have some time from Steve Sparks that we'll play. Vince had Birch Smith on earlier, and you'll hear the, hear the Bob Melvin show with Ken Korak. So that's next on Ace Cast. But today is Mike Trout's 29th birthday. Trout, if he retired today, has a war high enough to go into the Hall of Fame. It's 73.1. And we'll be now look back at the first 10 seasons for Trout, Pulhos, and Joe DiMaggio. This was out without Brian Kenny. Adnan Verk was in for Brian Kenny today. Pulhos had a higher slugging at OPP, OBP because of his 408 home runs in his first 10 years to Mike Trout's now 289, but Trout only played 40 games in year number one. Trout has more home runs and RBIs in his first 10 years than Barry Bonds and Mickey Mantle. Trout also just had, just had a kid in return to the lineup and has three home runs since Tuesday. Now, the debate will be which player did you want to have over the first 10 years, Trout or Pulhos? John Heyman said Trout's the best player since the Mantle, Mays, Aaron, Clemente era. Buying or selling Mike Trout is the best player since Mickey Mantle. Are we just throwing Bonds to the wayside here? Uh, That's what other people are doing, apparently. Trout has a higher war first 10 years, though. Or not war, but better home runs and RBIs. One more RBI than Barry Bonds before he was Super Barry. 
Mantle to me was a guy that got hurt. Probably could have had these the, the numbers that were just so more incredible than his numbers. Trout's gonna everything. It's it's just so. Trout's gonna dwarf. Mantle hit what like 535 home runs, won the triple crown. I mean, he's greatness, but guys are dwarfing those numbers. Now it's tough to dwarf Willie Mays' numbers. Is Willie Mays, you know, was 660 home runs? Yeah, pull host one behind. 2,000 RBIs, 2,000 runs scored, 300 career batting average. I mean, Willie May and Willie Mays was one of the greatest defensive. I mean, I don't. What's the question? Mike Trout's the best player since Mickey Mantle. I'm selling. Oh, yeah. Willie Mays is better than Mickey Mantle. Well, I was just looking at the era of that time, so you can just put anyone in that era, but I just put Mickey Mantle because that's the guy that Trout's always compared Where's to. Where's Hank Aaron? Third in hits, should be yeah. the all-time home run leader as the most RBIs. Roberto Clemente People was the next player. Only, only Pete Rose and Ty Cobb have more hits than Henry Aaron. Yeah. I'm selling. Also, I, you you think you think Trout will get to Hank Aaron's numbers? No, no way. And uh, today also is the uh, and I love Trout, but there's no way Trout's getting to Henry. He won't get to Henry Aaron in home runs. He won't get he won't get to him in RBIs. He won't even sniff him in hits. No, he won't. Will Trout even get three thousand hits? That's a, I've been trying to figure that part out. He's 29 right now, I, maybe, but he needs to stay healthy, which he has up until last year. <laughs> I would bet he will, but he's not going to be in the upper echelon of baseball. You know, there's guys that get like, you know, 3,015 or 3,200. He's not going to sniff Henry Aaron in hits. Yeah, but no. his war is better. Shut up. Hey, well, now, now you sound like Mad Dog talking about war and OB, OPS Plus. Oh, and, I got a good bad. I got a good Mad You ready for my good Mad Dog? Uh, uh, Trout has 1,335 career hits, and he's 29 today. Henry Aaron's war was only 143.1. Trout's halfway there. <laughs> uh, my So I was watching High Heat yesterday, and my daughter was on the couch, and she goes, why does this guy just keep yelling? <laughs> <laughs> That's, Mad That's Dog. our guy, the Mad Dog. All right, so the start of the season was rough for the Miami Marlins. They started 2-1, and one, and then they had the COVID-19 outbreak in their clubhouse. They had to place 13 different guys on the injured list. The Marlins, who had their season suspended for more than a week because of the team-wide outbreak, will finish the season playing 27 games in 23 days, a stretch featuring no off days, four doubleheaders, and a 10-day span. They're currently on a five-game winning streak, and as I looked earlier, they're already up 3-0 on the New York Metropolitan, so it might be six in a row. Don Mattingly earned his 282nd win, putting him as the winningest manager in Marlins history. Think about that for a second. From his time with the Dodgers till now, he has 728 managerial wins and finished second in manager of the year voting in 2013. Who did he beat? I didn't even look that part up because I don't know who's Jack been. Jack McKeon, Trader Jack. I would say Jeff that. Warburg. I mean, I can't even name you all the managers that were there for the fish. They currently have. Jim a, Leland. The Marlins currently have a player on the roster who won a silver medal with the U.S. in the 2014 Sochi Games as a speed skater, Eddie Alvarez. Buying or selling, Donnie Baseball will win his first Manager of the Year award in 2020. Oh, I'm all in on the Marlins. I'm buying. I, I, I am I am a Marlins fan right now. I would love to see the Marlins make the playoffs. 
it'd be a great story and it allows me to go back to all the doom and gloomers and say hey remember when you're saying we all should shut down because these guys has a positive well yeah well they're now in the pot they're they're now in the postseason now don't get me wrong the virus spread so fast it, it could just decimate everything and i will admit i'm wrong if that happens but right now most 28 to 29 teams are doing a great job so the guy that he passed and wins was Jack McKeon. Then there's Freddie Gonzalez, which was second. So yeah. that's that's who you have. Those are the Jim guys. Leland wasn't there long enough. Well, he did win a World Series, but so did Trader Jack in 03. So the Marlins are doing big things, and there's a lot of good stats out there on them. But uh, I'm glad to see that the team I told you was going to surprise make the playoffs is on their way to potentially making the playoffs. What are we? What? How many games in are we? In? I think it's seven games into the season for them, where it's uh, thirteen or more for other teams. So we'll see. But twenty-seven games in twenty-three days—that's a lot for them. But I'm—I'm I'm buying us Marlins hats if they make the playoffs. I want a black Marlins hat. Can can we be? Can we get cardboard cutouts next to Marlins man at Marlins Park? And he, by the, that is him at the Coliseum behind. It is. Right yeah, now. yeah. So that's it for today. Uh, I got 10 minutes until the uh, pregame. Yep. You've kept me overtime. Yeah. I got to go get ready. I mean, Robert's, I guarantee you Robert's panicking right now that I'm not connected. <laughs> well, I got to send him Steve Sparks, so I got some work to do too. But uh, looking forward to the series, and maybe we'll see if it's Sunday Night Baseball, A's Astros. So. Who is Framber Valdez and Christian Javier? Who? Who are these guys the Astros are throwing out there after Granky? Well, Javier is actually uh, a prospect, and he's actually not that bad. Um, Framber Val- Valdez has been with them for a couple of years, but he's more of a Who? reliever. Don't test my Never Astros knowledge. Never heard of them. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Are we back on Monday, or is it a day yeah, game? Or we're we're we? back on Monday, yes. I, dude, I, I, someone driving it, when I was driving my car, listened to uh, Sirius XM MLB channel. They had to notify me it was Friday. I didn't know it was Friday. <laughs> Well, We're doing 30 games in 31 days. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. Yeah, well, hey, every day. Right. It's every day. Well, at least we're not tomorrow. It's 27 and 23, but 30 and 31 is a lot. All righty, Cody. You and everybody else, have a great weekend. Be safe, and we'll see you at 3 o'clock on Monday. Is that correct? That's correct. A's Cast Live will be back 3 o'clock on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. You don't need to understand how available adaptive variable suspension works or how pre-collision cameras detect pedestrians in low light. You don't need to understand any of the craft that went into the Lexus ES to feel it. With outstanding connectivity and standard Lexus Safety System Plus 2.0, experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. LSS Plus 2.0 and the pre-collision system with pedestrian detection are not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practices. See owner's manual for additional limitations and details. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.